This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. Welcome. To my favorite murder. To my... Why am I just repeating what you say? It's fun. It's like a call and response. Yeah. It's like this is a real thing. Me and I was making Nora, my niece, Nora, mm-hmm. uh, she's 10, do cheers with me. Oh my God. I love... <laughs> I love babies who cheers. <laughs> There's nothing better. She... We have video. She used to do it when she was like four years old, but now she doesn't care. Now she's like into sports and stuff, but I was making <laughs> her cheersing. like in my dad's living room while he watched football and ignored us. I made her stand up and do cheers <laughs> from high school and it was making me laugh so hard oh my god it was like we had a good we had a nice thanksgiving how was yours it was great we, we went with some friends to um because my mom and i aren't speaking mm-hmm. which is great so i was able to just go to a fucking old school steakhouse with vince and our friends oh yeah and have a nice time where i didn't have anxiety attacks and go to the bathroom and need to breathe and I mean, take Xanax and drink a lot. It's, I mean, I still drink a lot. But. Well, that's, but it was your choice. Right. You didn't feel like you were trying to escape. No, I was feeling I was trying to be like part of it. Yes. That's good. How was yours? Um, it was great. We, I think I may have told you this, but we, uh, basically revolted on my dad and we're like, cause normally we drive down into the Bay Area. We go right. to Daly City or we go to Pacifica or some, it's somewhere on the peninsula or whatever. We always go to our families and they, all of them are in San Francisco or South. Mm-hmm. And this year, my sister's like, I'm so tired. I'm so, I like can barely move. And I was like, we don't have to go. Like Aunt Joe, our family isn't going to be like, how dare you? They're not, they're not like that. Yeah. My mom is. Yeah, right. I mean, it can be pressure. You, my dad is. So we had I to was like, like well, since when did you give a shit about Thanksgiving? Yeah. There's no religion attached to it. It's just <laughs> fucking feeding the shit out of yourself. But it's like it's a family. It's a t- family time. And yeah, we had to. Do, my, my sister's the one I I'm saying we, but she's the one that did all the putting the foot down. But then we went to Adrian's. With her family, and it was super fun. Chill and fun. I love when sports are on. It's loud. I And I love when fucking food is everywhere. Is there a baked brie? I hope so. Sure was. Nuh-uh. Yo, yeah. <gasps> uh, there were samosas because Adrian's mother-in-law is from Sri Lanka. Oh, my God. I fucking love that and so much. I t- hung out with her a lot. Uh, Pushpa, she's one of my favorite people. She's the one that when Nora, when Nora was five, she asked Nora what she wanted to be when she grew up. Nora said, I want to be a cheerleader. And Pushpa said, don't be a cheerleader, be a doctor. <gasps> and uh, yes. Nora does that impression and says it all the time. <laughs> a lot of badass women in, I love her. <laughs> in our neck of the woods. <laughs> don't be a cheerleader. Um, well, I'm looking forward to... I'll be in Vegas. To a faraway train. For a faraway train. We're going to Vegas for Christmas. Nice. Which I'm excited about. And 
and fuck and fuck it the rest of the month fuck it you get holidays should be a holiday yeah they really should yeah we want to vince and i are talking about how we can um show up at the family hanukkah party like ridiculously so Mm -hmm. like one thing is that we get a hummer limo for just the two of us (laughs) and have it wait outside the whole night yeah and then i walk in wearing that amazing uh dress that has yours in my face all over it. Oh my god. Where's that from again? Oh, like who made it? No, but it's like someone made it and it's a website where you can get it and a couple girls have worn it to the meet and greet. There is nothing more disorienting. so weird. And amazing than somebody walking up with a, because it's not like pictures or whatever. No. It's like one step further where someone has made material of our faces and then knives and cats and like all the things that we like. Knives and cats. Knives and cats. It's so bananas. So I want to wear that to the Hanukkah party. Good idea. And then that you're just gonna burn all the bridges at one time yeah. with one fell swoop yep one swell foop a fell swoop a swell foop mm-hmm. um well i was gonna tell you at thanksgiving because now everybody knows my once secret passion that's now a very public passion <laughs> right. of loving true crime there was someone that had a charles manson story <gasps> And he died. We don't care. The end. Yes. But somebody at our Thanksgiving dinner, uh, when he was just by chance met Charles Manson, like walking through a jail, knew someone that was in a holding cell. He was like a teenager and they, they had been, they'd been messing around and whatever. And he like shook Charles Manson's hand. And it was when the cops had arrested him for like stealing car parts, but they didn't know that the Tate LaBianca murders had just happened. <gasps> Wait, so they, why did he shake his hand then? Because it so was ha- just the guy he was talking to in the cell was like, hey, why are you here? Why are you here? It was one of those things. And then they're like laughing. It was both of them were just like, oh, it's this dumb misdemeanor, like no big deal. And then, but the guy in the cell goes, oh, I get it. oh this is Charlie. And oh then the guy God. at our dinner like shook his hand it was like oh hey how's it going that is fucking bananas and i bet not a lot of people have a story like that it was awesome and also the guy that told the story is a really good storyteller yeah real casual very petaluma yeah like and it lets just little like, bits out here and there exactly draws you in and all this but also very like he's very much himself so it was like you could see him doing it yeah he was I think at the time and it wasn't something. like a story he told all the time and he was like bragging about it It was like oh yeah in fact i'm i wonder if i'm allowed to even be telling this <laughs> now that i think about leave it leave his name out and then we'll move on <laughs> leave his name in relation out steven cut that don't cut it just steven bleep that bleep it that's a new one um steven bleep that yes <laughs> um i want to talk to you about mm. well so they caught this a confrontation <laughs> yeah i want to talk to you about your problem i've been wanting to talk to you <laughs> no uh, more macaroni and cheese <laughs> <laughs> no please order the macaroni and cheese balls that they do now uh like a deep fried macaroni and cheese do you know what i ate the night oh god was it the night of thanksgiving oh my god what? after we went to fucking this crazy steakhouse ate this crazy meal we went and drank the rest of the night you know you like eat at four o'clock thanksgiving yeah so by the time we get home at like 11 or whatever vince and i are hungry again and drunk yes and so we made a stouffer's french bread pizza hell yes and fucking frozen mac and cheese yeah the night of thanksgiving stouffer's 
No, it might have been like Trader Joe's or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Some nice oven mac and cheese. Yeah, I'm not fucking here to talk about Stouffer's. I'm here to just talk about their <laughs> French fried pizza, which is my fucking favorite thing ever. Yes. That's an American classic uh-huh. that, that is totally unsung. Mm. People like to talk about... I don't know, apple pie and Chevrolet. Yeah. Or like fancy pizza. Fucking a pizza that someone was like, look old bread. We're going to put tomato (laughs) sauce and cheese on it. And like weird little triangles of the saltiest, best pepperoni you've ever had. (laughs) That's like, don't come at me with the fucking Supreme. Don't come at me with the fucking cheese. (laughs) I want those fucking tiny triangles of pepperoni. (laughs) That bring, it's immediately bring me back to like, Spending the night at someone else's house mm-hmm. where I'm like, my parents would never let us eat this for a dinner. Definitely. But suddenly you're at a parent's house where they're like, Coke out of a can at the table <laughs> and a Stouffer's French bread pizza. What the fuck? Oh my it's God. It's mayhem. That's so true. It's the, so exciting. It's like a total celebration. Yeah. Or it also is like, you're eight, you've been left home alone, you've been given directions, turn the stove on, then turn the stove off. Yeah. Don't burn down the house. We'll be back at 11. My, yeah. 11. <laughs> they need to party harder than that. Um, well, that's what they'd say, but you'd be asleep by the time they came back at 2. Right, exactly. Like They're like, we came home at 11, mm-hmm. and we were totally sober. <laughs> um, okay, so then speaking of serial killers, they which Manson wasn't, he was just a... He was just fucking a fucking bastard. He was like a drug dealer. Piece of shit. Uh, the Florida, the Tampa Seminole Heights serial killer, they think they caught him. Oh, right. Yes, yes. Are they 100% that it's him? It's pretty fucking certain. I'm 100% that it's I him. I am too, so that must be right. Because if you tell me something once on social media, mm-hmm. it is locked law in my head forever. Karen doesn't want to hear more than 140 fucking characters about it. <laughs> I, actually, 10 is fine. 10 is fine. Just be like, they caught him. Great. And she'll, and they don't even have to say who it is. She'll believe. No, but I'm not interested in his business. That's none of my business what his name is. (laughs) Not interested. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. If he worked in a fucking Popeyes at any point, the fact that he did work in a McDonald's, but gives me hope. Hold on though. Did he work at McDonald's or was he arrested at McDonald's? Both. He had worked at McDonald's before and he was arrested at the McDonald's. But we, we don't know about Popeyes. That's just from our email. So we had an email a couple of episodes back where this girl, these girls were like, we got an Uber car, an Uber car. <laughs> and the driver was like, I think I drove the serial killer. He had worked at Popeye's. Right. So the fact that he had worked at one fast food place makes me think that he had maybe had a job at another fast food place at some point in his life. Also, if he really was a serial killer, he could have worked at McDonald's, but that was his cover. Like, the, he yeah. thought, oh, I'll lie and say I work at Popeye's and they'll never catch me. Or maybe... Because if if the McDonald's, if I'm remembering correctly, that he wasn't a McDonald's employee anymore, he had to have another job. Maybe it was a, a, like currently a fucking Popeye's employee. That's right. Because if he has the experience of dropping those fries for three minutes, Dude. pulling them back out, salting them as... And I would encourage you to salt them thoroughly because mm-hmm. what's more heartbreaking mm. than fresh McDonald's French fries mm. that are all, you're all ready and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm doing it. And then you <laughs> stick one in your mouth and there's no salt or very little salt. I don't think that's ever happened to me at McDonald's. It hasn't? No. It's happened to me a couple times. I have good French fry luck. Fuck. I have the worst because also I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. I shouldn't be doing and then this. You're like, well, now I have to fucking double down and put the salt on myself. Yeah. Or you get like older ones, just Ugh, like yeah. they've been around. No, Mm-mm. 
Nope. Listen, this is the episode called Let's Talk About <laughs> Junk Food. This is the episode called Sure, You Want to Hear About Serial Killers, but we want to talk about how French fries break down. And we just realized that we're hungry. And maybe that's the problem. I've had a bowl of fucking raisin bran for dinner tonight. Oh, that's good. And a half a vodka soda. Oh, <laughs> you've got your fiber. Mommy is full. You've got your fruit. Is, did you put a little lime in there? Mm-hmm. Good. Fucking citrus. No scurvy for you, gal. Okay, here's the fun part. Speaking of Tampa, we put the Florida episode up last, Orlando episode up last week, right? Yes, yes. Because we were like, we're Thanksgiving, goodbye. Yes, exactly. Uh, we're out of town. And I would just like to say, I am fresh off the high, uh, the Highway 5 driving for fucking six hours to get back down here. Straight to the record. Straight to George's house. Love it. Thank you. No, no. Sacrifice. I, no, I, I know that's not what you, I'm not. More of an excuse for my performance. <laughs> um... Okay, so in the episode of Orlando, I did uh, Eileen Warnos. Yes, you did. And at one point, we mentioned Lando Lakes, Florida. Yes. At which point, you we kind of both admitted that we lost our shit because it's like, wait, that's really a place that was just a butter. We thought it was just a fucking... It's not a condiment. What is it? It's a dairy product. Dairy product. We both lost our shit. <laughs> um, we got starstruck about butter. Yeah. Two things. One, it turns out, I just want to go ahead and say it turns out it's actually made in Minnesota. Right. But There's more than one Land Lakes. Right. But, but there is a Land Lakes. Okay. The other thing is I was doing my fucking normal Etsy late night scrolling. Mm-hmm. And this this thing randomly popped out that was like, yeah, Etsy thinks she might like this. And I was like, well, I'm going to buy that for Karen immediately. <gasps> And give it to you a month before Christmas because I can't fucking wait that long. <laughs> yeah. I have no chill whatsoever. Are you ready for this? Stick of butter from Etsy. <laughs> I'm actually pulling it from behind the couch cushions right now. So if it was a stick of butter from Etsy, oh, this butter smells. It's vintage. <laughs> okay, ready? Yes. <gasps> Georgia. It's a it's a fucking vintage like serving tray. With the whole Lando Lakes theme. She even really take a photo of it and post it on with oh, Karen's face. My God. No, don't include my face. Or <laughs> well, your body. hair. Your hair looks amazing. Uh, yes, hair up. I'm going to go like this. <laughs> hair up. Hair I've just up invented the, the new up. selfie for ladies over 45. Yeah. <laughs> who have been driving for eight fucking hours. There it is. We'll put it on Instagram. This time we <laughs> promise. We always say we will. But isn't that amazing? Okay. Can I just tell you, first of all, this is gorgeous. Yeah. It's a gorgeous tray. It's like, like, it's very solid. It doesn't look... I mean, it, it's clearly um, vintage, but it's perfect quality. Yeah. And then... Like t- oh, why am I telling you how much... How cheap it was? <laughs> it's one dollar. <laughs> no, but it's a beautiful picture yeah like i want to hang this on the wall like a picture i know but then on top of it this every time we go to an antique store when we're on the road these you pick these up i do every time you pick up a a decorative tray oh shit a tech decorative chin triangle oh I could put, I could fit it. No, I have room. Vince and then, like, like, you where like, argue with yourself Vince and goes, with Vince. Like, yeah, we isn't this perfect? And then he's like, "What? Where? What for?" And then you put it back down. But this is your favorite. I guess that's my thing. And you got me your favorite thing because I thought it was so funny. I fucking love it. All right, I'm taking it back. Oh no! <laughs> also, <laughs> taking it back. Also, thank you. Yeah, and I love that this is like the girl. The 
uh, it's not supposed to be Pocahontas herself, is it? I don't know. Let me it's see just her. A, a representative young Indian. Um, yeah, native. It's like a Native American. A native, sorry, Native American. No, young. We all know who not the Land of Lakes Butter Girl yeah, is. Yeah, woman, <laughs> Jesus. But cut all of this. She's holding her own package of Land of Lakes <gasps> Butter. With so the it's the same a, image on it. Yes, it's the picture within the picture. Oh my god, I'm freaking out. It's the fucking what's it called? Uh, what was that great movie? Not The Matrix. Inception. Inception. Thank you, Stephen. Inception. <laughs> We're inceptioning Land Lake style. I would love. We should do a heavy drug. Okay. And then just I'm go just like, into no, this no, picture. You don't have to go on. <laughs> okay. And then to. stare until we're in the picture. <gasps> this is so good. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I love it. I'm okay. genuinely excited. And then if I can continue to fucking hold the floor. Please. Can I mention? So we're in the pod loft again. For the hold first. that floor. Are you, um, what's that called when they do that in the Republican Senate? Oh. When they, uh, oh, like uh, when you pee out in front of everybody. What's it called? <laughs> um, uh, bad Demon. mash. Filibuster. Yes. <laughs> um, Yes, I'm filibustering. Great. Because we're back in the pod loft after like months because over Thanksgiving break, my one thing of like Vince we have to do is we have to clean up the pod loft. It's great. Um, and so in one of the boxes, we found this painting <laughs> by this girl. Okay, this, this painting, I want to talk about it. I have to redo this thing. So it's a painting of, it's a, like a, like a charcoal drawing of Elvis, my cat. It's a little wonky and weird, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's amazing. artistic and gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, and I was Wait, like, did that get sent in the mail? Yeah. And I, and it, I had like, put, it was a big package. So I just thrown it upstairs at like, I don't know how long ago, a while ago. Yes. Um, and I, and Vince was like, what's this? I don't know. We opened it. I was like, oh shit. So then Vince like read me the card and it says to all of us, uh, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for the Minneapolis show. She was there with her two favorite murderinos, Hannah and Ashley. Um, all excited, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, I wanted to give you this rad watercolor of Elvis. I have no artistic talent at all. My husband, on the other hand, got drunk as fuck in our backyard one night and I woke up to this masterpiece. No! <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, there was no question it had to be yours. I tried to get him to do one of Frank and George, but I think Elvis was his cross-eyed muse. Thanks again, SSDGM. Carrie. That's amazing. Isn't that great? It's really great. I know. It has a kind of um uh Monet. Um, this is it could be Mo- Monet, it could be Manet. Uh Magdalene. You know the, oh. that one with the lady with the blue eyes that has the crazy yes. long face? Look, we'll fucking post this one as well. Shit. Look dude. at us posting shit. Oh no. This is good. I love it. Also, you know what? I don't think I ever thanked. Remember the woman who gave me that amazing painting in, um, it may have also been in Minneapolis. There's a lady and I believe her name is Clarissa. I've had the thank you note on my desk and I hung that picture. It's hanging in my Which one is it? Look, living room. It's the amazing one, right? It's the one that's, it's basically a horizon. It's a, it's, Green rolling hills and then a blue sky, oh but it my all, it's God. that progressive. I have to tell you how jealous I was when I saw that and she like gave it because it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and it's the frame is beautiful. Yeah. Like it's a very lovely thing. And she basically, the note was like, basically, it sounds like you're getting tired of murder. So I painted this for you so you can just look at something else. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so lovely. And I don't think I ever thanked her. Uh, and I hope to fucking God her name is Clarissa, but I'm almost positive it is because I have the thank you. 
note on my desk. But anyway, thank you, Clarissa Asterix. I'll fix it next week if your name is not Clarissa. <laughs> but also, I love it so much. It's, I mean, I told her. Stunning. We yeah. had a whole conversation yeah. face to face, but yeah, it was gorgeous. It was really cool. We love art. Hey, hey listen, art look, is our fucking thing. This, we're into there, this podcast loft is not big enough for everything. We're gonna have to buy a fucking bigger house. It's so cool. You yeah. guys, you wouldn't believe how many um, needlepoint uh-huh. go fuck yourselves are up on these walls. Well, those two bins are full of art that I need to go. We need to go through and hang. So yeah. it's gonna, I'm gonna take a photo once we're done with that. And then on the other side of the wall, there's just wrestling memorabilia from Vince. <laughs> it's the perfect combination. So great. Boys and girls. Um, speaking of memorabilia, God, I'm just fucking. Acting like this is my podcast. No, no, no. You're fine. Okay. You know what it is? You're thinking of great segues. Okay. That's all it is. <laughs> that we was have sarcastic. New merch. Oh. <laughs> Memorabilia. Merch. Hey. Hey, we have uh, new merch. Mm-hmm. We have ho- our holiday design designed by our friend Kristen Van Como, who's fucking awesome. Yep. We had uh, two designs last year. It's like supposed like ugly holiday sweater style, but it's actually really cute. Yep. And then we have a new one uh, up this year. So you can get that. Uh, um, What's the new one? It's the uh, here's the thing. Fuck everyone. No. Oh, okay. Here's our here's the thing. Fuck everyone. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. And then one that says something else. Uh, and then 15% of all of that merch for the end of the year when we take it down is going to rain, which is stands for rape uh, and ins- abuse, abuse, incest, net, 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 networks. Yes. Something network. Oh, what else do you have? Um, oh, I don't know if we're, we're not probably going to do it on this episode. I, I can't remember if we said we we're going to do it separately. But my sweet Audrina is our book club. We fucked that up because <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. There's no way anyone. I, I'm sure people. I'm, there's definitely people who could have finished that book in like a day or two. I'm certainly not one of those people. Well, I got mine late. I'm not going to fucking name the girl on Etsy who sent it out very fucking late. Oh, shit. And very fucking slowly. <laughs> I read I read a couple pages and I was like, well, this is kind of boring. Right. And then I re- I accidentally spoiled it and read what happens. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to read this. Well, yeah, I forgot about the fact that it is an incredibly problematic uh-huh. and triggering book mm. for many people. Mm. And it is from a time in the 80s where everybody pretended things like that didn't happen in real life. So you could read a book about it. And oh, my and God, like shocked and odd. Exactly. Can we quickly switch to flowers <laughs> in the attic? <laughs> no, because it's the exact same thing. There's no difference. Well, they're they're choosing to bone. There's like a no. Rape. They've been locked in an attic for years. Yes, they have no choice. That's true. But but yes, you're right. It's not a, it's not sexual fucking assault that's On been strangely romanticized. It's well, well. Spoiler alert. Oh shit. But well, but, no, that comes out in the first beginning. But here's the thing. I think it would be fun still to read a dumb book yeah. and talk about it because yeah. I was I have gone through so many emotions of trying to read that book the phrase the, the first and best Audrina right that's creepy as if fuck. you pulled that phrase out of the book it, the book would only be 112 pages long <laughs> it is repeated so many uh, times oh and that fucking cousin of hers who were like obviously it's not her cousin like we could think like I mean like shit that you know now and you didn't know when you were 12 I've just really really been enjoying the photos people are posting of their copy because yes. no one has a new copy it's yes. the best and like people are taking photos with their cats and they're this and they're that and then the like comments of like um 
I can't, you know, the like, how the fuck did I read this at 11 years old? Yes. What the fuck? Yes. This is why I'm this way. It's, yes. It's been really amusing. It's hilarious. Yeah. Also, there is an aspect to it that I think is almost introductory. If you want to be a writer and you're nine or 11 or whatever, mm-hmm. not, ho- hopefully not nine, hopefully you're 12. Mm-hmm. You're in a weird junior high area mm-hmm. and you find that book on your mom's shelf. Oh my God. And you start reading that book. Uh, you are like, this is dramatic writing at its finest. It's one of those things too, where it's like when you found the the map of where Dahmer hit the bodies Gacy Gacy you say to yourself oh I've been lied to by adults and there is this life that I didn't understand and then you can't stop obsessing about it yes that's like what that those books are for, yes for 12 year old 11 year old girls because up until you read a vc andrews book you are sold the bill of goods that boys um if you just figure out the right thing to say yeah. or wear or wait to be or right. prettiness and to love is love, love hit, and sex is they sex will love you and the end yeah this is like there's also intense horrible violence on uh-huh. women and then you're like, sorry, wait, what? Like, I'm barely getting the romance part. Yeah. And now we're going to do something. It's also it like the like, sad thing of like, you marry who, like the the mother marries this dude and she's unhappy. And it's like, oh, you can do that? Okay. And then I'll never get married <laughs> yeah. until I'm 36. It seems as a kid reading it, you're like, this, these are all solvable problems. Yeah. Like, why don't you just, just break up? Yeah, talk about it. Go Name to your kid break up. Sarah instead of Adrena, your second one. I mean, and there's all kinds of like, there's still incestuous overtones. Mm-hmm. It's just not the direct flowers in the attic type of stuff. But I mean, like I do. Her, the descriptions of her and her daddy sitting in the rocking chair together. Sometimes it like, got terrifying or something. Yes. And it's like, hang on, what? It's not. It doesn't. Okay. I'm going to keep reading. Imagine like, in this day and age. Also, I will say this. I will admit this. And some people did this and they said they were cheating. I don't think it's cheating though, because that book, here's the fun of it. I had it at my sister's house. Mm-hmm. So every night we'd all go to bed. <gasps> did Nora, did you read it to Nora? No. <laughs> Oh my god! Every night we'd go to bed and I'd read Nora to sleep. How incredible would that be? Lydia, literally, Lydia, literally, Nora just started the Laura Ingalls Wilder series. That's Aww. how nowhere near this she is. But I would go home and then I'd go, "Oh yeah, I have that dumb book to read," and then I would get kind of excited. But yeah, me too. It's I got nice. the I got a hardback copy with a big plastic cover that I was using as the bookmark. That every night I would fall asleep while I was reading it because it's the same. Roughly mm-hmm. the same 11 sentences over and over again for 200 pages. <laughs> so I would, it would literally drop out of my hand and I would be asleep with the light on and I would wake up at three in the morning like, what the fuck? I love it. And I would lose my place every night. So I have reread the first uh, 50 pages. Like it's like one step forward, two steps back every night. So that's, yeah, that's a problem. There's a lot in there. But so on the what drive down, I bought the audio book so oh, I could like fill it in a little bit. You're brilliant. And I have to say, the audiobook is incredibly enjoyable. The the woman reading it is doing a great job of being all these crazy people. I never read books, but this time I was like, I am obligated to buy a vintage copy and read this. Yes. That didn't sound right. I never have time to read books. (laughs) Right. I don't know how to read. (laughs) I hate books. I hate words. Just like Hitler. (laughs) Uh, Okay, audiobook, everyone. 
I mean, sorry. You know what? You have that in your fucking bookcase now and everyone's going to admire it in your bookcase. Doesn't matter. Well, and also, I think there's probably people who love it and are sitting there going, are you guys fucking crazy? This book was awesome. There's just so many ways to take this book. This is why you have a book club. I want to argue with those people right now. But also I had that. thing. (laughs) That's right. This is why you drink wine and sit in a circle. Hey, but because it shouldn't be a one direction. This should be. Wait, let's pause and let them say what they think about the book. Go. Nope, I'm sorry. I need to stop you right there. You're totally wrong. I apologize, but (laughs) I know I'm interrupting you. Does anyone need anything? Does anyone need crackers? 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 Gluten-free crackers. Oh my God, thank you so much for making that appetizer. Yes. Fill in your name here. Blaked Blaked Brie. (laughs) Everyone loves a Blaked Brie. I love Blake Lively's Brie. She makes the best kind. (laughs) Oh my God, she needs to get on that. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I want to say really quickly, we have one last set of shows. Sorry, I'm going to sidebar this. Okay. I just want to say, I'm going to keep on reading My Sweet Audrina. I'm sorry, yeah. And I'm going to keep on talking about My Sweet Audrina. I'm there with you. Okay, great. Awesome. New podcast. And also listening. Listen to a new podcast. (laughs) My sweet, my favorite sweet Audrina. (laughs) This, the best and first Audrina. My favorite VC Andrews. Mm -hmm. The best and sweet, my first VC Andrews favorite with Lando Lakes. You just put your hands in the tray. The tray was next to me and I decided I needed to put the tray on my lap. Posing with it. It's pretty great. It's so good. Oh, you are. She's posing like the Lando Lakes. Uh, Native American woman. Now it's three. Her holding it, and now I'm holding it. Well, if you look really closely in the package, there's probably a picture of her. There is. It's on this tray. There's four Native American women holding this thing. Okay. Bye. Late show. (laughs) Kansas City late show on December 9th. It's a Saturday. It's our last weekend of tours for the year. And there's a few seats left for the late show. Um, good. I think that's it. Great. Right? Yeah. That was two weeks worth of. Yeah. We caught everyone up. Yeah. Who goes first this week based on our new algorithm of who should go first this week? In my opinion. Yeah. Yours is going to be better purely. Because <laughs> I slept today. Yeah. You slept today. You didn't do six hours of driving yeah. and you didn't write it quickly. Mine is more of a. Uh, yeah, I think you should go first. Plus, all I've seen you eat in the past three hours that you've been here is peach gummies from the gas station. <laughs> from the gas station. I don't know how you're surviving <laughs> off of that. I had at least some raisin, nice raisin bran. You had a nice bowl of raisin bran. Mm-hmm. I had a hamburger on the highway. Ooh, what kind? Burger King. Okay. That's here's good. The, here's the thing that's a little worrisome to me. I mean, we all know Russia's invading this country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's worrisome overall. Yes. Like, we're not we're not trying to belittle any of the problems. One little thing in Karen's mind is... Is that we... This is a Red Dawn, very slow, quiet Red Dawn situation that we're in right now. Okay. Um, but, but on top of that, driving down the five, I have every exit memorized because I've been doing it for t- over 20 oh, years. Jesus, yeah. So it's like... I know I'm like, do I want, do I feel like a Foster's freeze situation? Or am I, I just going to go Burger subway King's coming up? Yes. Do I, do I need to go clean and light and not get depressed or do I not give a fuck? And is this my time to shine? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> exit after exit, everything is closed. Abandoned. <gasps> the Foster freeze is abandoned. No. Yeah. That's creepy. 
there's hotels that are abandoned. I it haven't is, taken that drive in a long time. It's fucking, and also a shit ton of the trees. Those almond farmers, a lot of those are abandoned. Farmers, the trees are. Abandoned. They had to stop because the water got cut <gasps> off because of the drought. So there's entire like uh, groves of trees that are dead and pushed over. Uh, and then the Foster's Freeze has fucking graffiti on it. End of days. It's nutso. Fucking end of days, people. Guys, we it's, can't. The, all the money's at the top. It needs to come back down it's and literally not so because time we're to, talking about almond it's trees so we got to rise up all right go ahead there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back i know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone but it also sounds like we just sold some merch that's right and if you're a shopify user like us you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. So the other night, I was falling asleep to my audiobook that I always fall asleep to. It's either uh, some space fucking story or Space Jam? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> the, the soundtrack to Space Jam. Yes. Or, or Whoever Fights Monsters. Yes. That book we love. The best. Falling asleep, couldn't fall asleep, listening. And I was like, wait, what's this about this case? Uh, Had you never heard of it before? 
Uh, I think I'd heard about it. Like some people on the Facebook group had written about it here and there. So I'd maybe heard about it. And also Mindhunter, even though the the show, there's like a couple cases that are similar. It's not one of them. But I was like intrigued. What's up? Let's do this. Okay. So in June of 1973, the Jaeger family of Farmington, Michigan, they go camping at a campground in Montana's Waterhead State Park. It's near the small town of Manhattan, Montana, right? Yeah. Montana. Um, it's their first tri- trip, or sorry, it's their first stop on a month long trip. They're going like, we're going to fucking, this is our first like family camping trip and we're going to drive and all this shit, all the fun stuff that is fun when you're a kid. Um, so that night, the parents tuck their five children in to the kids tent. Oh no. Uh-huh. But just those words alone. Uh-huh. But three are teenagers. Three of the kids are teenagers, and then two are grade schoolers. So they're like, great, they're together. They're safe. They should be safe, right? Yep. They fucking should be. Yeah. And also, it's the seventies where not only are they together and safe, but some people would be like, yeah, this you can leave them alone for four months. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give them a pack of cigarettes, a carton, maybe. You're all good. Yeah. So. Uh, that morning around 4 a.m., one of the teens in the tent, this Heidi Yeager, wakes up and notices that her little sister, seven-year-old Susie, is not in the tent any longer. And not only that, there's a fucking slash through the side of the tent. No. Uh-huh. And there's a hook hand hanging on the top of the... <laughs> Fuck. This is like... This is urban myth shit. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, she fucking fl- like flips out, wakes her parents up. Uh, no one in the tent, none of her siblings had heard a freaking thing. They had just were fast asleep. Uh, authorities are called. Go ahead. I just wanted to say the first thing I, I, I just, somebody slowly slashing that tent open <coughs> quietly. A little rip of the fucking fibers quietly and slowly. Not, it wasn't a quick, fast one. So much scarier than a fast one. I didn't think of that. And now I want to cry. Yeah, me too. Okay. And turn around. There's a fucking wall mural of a fucking forest behind you. Like where they were camping. Fuck. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Authorities are called like in the, like immediately they find footsteps leading away from the tent. Um, and the, so the FBI is called because, so at the time, the FBI would only get involved in kidnapping cases if that was a possibility that they were taken across state lines, yeah. which is fucking bananas. So they're called because maybe that was going to be a thing. I don't know. Um, and then ensues the biggest search at the time in Montana history. Ugh. They fucking drug the river bottom. They had helicopters circling. They did all this crazy shit, but Susie could not be found. Um, one, like, I think a couple of days later, one random call, like ransom call came in. Oh, but uh, saying we want this. I want this. We want this much money. We'll give her back. We'll call back with details. But no call was ever. No call came back. Just the one call. Just the we'll call you about the ransom. Nothing came back. So almost a year later, the case is fucking stalled. And special agent Pete Dunbar, he is an agent in the in the FBI's Montana office Mm -hmm. he's attending a training session led by howard teaton and patrick uh, mulaney these two dudes are developing the fbi's newly formed behavioral science unit oh hell yeah hi that's right exactly hello hello mind hunter hi you're you guys are the ones that are thinking that maybe all these guys have something in common right maybe if we study 
and interview thousands of murders and murderers, we'll get something. Yeah. So, um, before the units even was created, there's not a lot, not a lot known about criminal profiling and their goal was to bring a public awareness to the psychology of murder and behavioral analysis. Uh, this agent Dunbar dude is like, please take a look at this case. We need your help. Which is like so big of him because back then there were so few. I feel like that was not a thing where you like asked for help from other. No, that was a huge deal. That's why in that show that was those parts were so good because it'd be like they would come to talk about one thing, then it'd be the guy that would hang behind and be like, like, "Can I ask you?" Yeah, Yeah. they all did. It was almost like they had to make sure no one knew. It was like emasculating by asking for help. Right, right. Okay, so this this although. Teton and Mulaney have been studying this stuff for a long fucking time. This turns into the first real case where they get to use their behavioral analysis. Oh. So this is the first case where this is used in real life. IRL, as they would say later. <laughs> LOL. LOL. IRL. FBI. OMG. <laughs> Crazy. Um, okay. So the three of them together... The, the three agents, they profile the case based on their studies and come to the conclusion that whoever had taken Susie, so this is their profile of him, they come upon the family during a habitual night prowl and impulsively took her by cutting through the tent. So it was not planned, but he was doing his like fucking rounds of maybe. He'd spotted an opportunity and acted. He appeared to be, they thought he was a young white male, a loner, lived not far from the campsite. So a local, they thought he had military experience because the fact that he fucking broke into this tent and pulled a person out without anyone hearing it Mm -hmm. is so stealth. It's creepy. Yeah. Um, And he had killed before and possibly since. Ooh. This is like a year after her kidnapping. And then they were like, listen, Susan's Susie's probably dead, too, that they were like, this is part of it. Um, And that they said that he also probably collected trophies from the victim so before these two had been called in, um, an informant had called and suggested that his neighbor, David um, Meerhofer, should be looked at. It was his neighbor. He's fucking creepy. Like one of those, like, this guy's weird. You should look at him, which usually we scoff at because we're like, weirdos are not killers. You know? Yeah. Um, so David Meerhofer is a 23-year-old Vietnam vet who Agent Dunbar actually knew personally. He said, quote, David was well-groomed, uh, courteous, and exceptionally intelligent. He was the gentlest of persons, too. Oh. Murderer, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not a good sign. <laughs> Look, and he was innocent. Moving on to the real suspect. Yes. No, I'm not doing that. We know that that's not how it works on Law and Order. <laughs> <clears throat> um... They so the local FBI and law enforcement had questioned David and that he was he was polite, well dressed, really helpful. So they didn't think it was him. He had even taken a polygraph test and taken truth serum and had fucking passed both flying fucking colors. Okay. Do we believe him? No. Oh, okay, no. Oh. <laughs> you do. You did. Well, I was just thinking. Okay, maybe. He Be- did it. I just oh. want to let <laughs> He's the killer I just want to let everyone know Shit. I know Because the one thing I was One of my theories Was going to be At that time yeah. Vietnam vets Were shat upon In this country And had bad PTSD 
had PTSD, but also were judged by others. But you not know? by law enforcement. I think they respected Vietnam vets. Oh, I get, but I guess the, I'm just saying the person that would call in and be like, oh, this guy, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Baby yeah. killer. It's that shit that was like, right. it, pe- they really attacked people for that. And so I was thinking maybe that was like, oh, he's violent because he was made, he's sure. made to go into the army. Sure. But that doesn't mean it. Yeah. No, yeah. he did it. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a real relief. I'm not like spoiling. It's like, <laughs> I'm only talking about him as no, a suspect. No, I love it. I so love it's it. fine. Okay. So Melania and Teton had seen, but they, okay. So now they, these two profilers come in and they use their fucking tactics and they're like, show us all the suspects you had. They read his chart and they're like, I'm so, I'm sorry. This guy, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, they thought that he was a psychopath and he would have no problem passing a polygraph test, which they had never heard of before this. Yes. Because he was a fucking, he was able to disassociate himself from the person who had been, who had killed someone. Yes. So he was like, it's not fucking me. And so I'm not lying because I am not that person. Right. Um, And also the thing I love about sociopaths, I mean, psychopaths, they don't get nervous. Right. They don't get nervous. Yeah. They don't have stress reactions to things. When I watched the old YouTube, like, um, it was one of those, like, old uh, true crime shows where they had, like, there was, like, an FBI head guy who was the narrator. Yeah. So there was no charisma whatsoever. Because <laughs> like, he, he was the real guy. Because he was the real guy. Yeah. It wasn't, like, a fucking, like, Actor. charming, you know, Dennis journalist. Farina type. Yeah, yeah, like a journalist. Sure. Um, th- they said, like, uh, you know, they believed polygraph tests, polygraph tests implicitly. So this was like brand new as well. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Currently, blah, blah. Um, they thought it was the killer for sure. These two dudes, Melania and Tayton, but, uh, everyone else was like, hell fucking no, you're wrong. Even Dunbar, they were like, uh, uh-uh, dude, it's not him. That was a quote, a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> they, but then, okay, then they're able to convince the Jaegers, the fucking mother and father of Susie, now they're back in Michigan. They said, okay, we think this is the kind of killer that will contact you again because they want to be part of the investigation. It's the kind of thing where they want to be friends with cops, yeah. which fucking David uh, Meyerhofer was chatty with cops. Just like our boy Ed Kemper. Exactly. Um, they think that the, the kind of killer wants to insert themselves in the investigation and stay part of the victim's lives and continue to inflict pain so gross i know okay so they're like let's tape record let's put a tape recorder with your uh phone and let's set up a tap and they're like hell yeah all right meanwhile Susie's mother marietta she's a devout catholic and initially she says that she was quote ravaged with hatred and a desire for revenge and that also she could have killed the man quote with my bare hands and a smile on my face yeah which you're like girl yes absolutely 100 percent. then she was like as a devout catholic though she's like i she says she understood that her hatred was gonna fucking kill her and she says i quote called for I, I was called to forgive my enemies not to kill them so i made the commitment to work toward an attitude of forgiveness Shit. and so through that year she was able to come to terms and start praying for whoever took her daughter, even if it was like, maybe he's alive. So I'm praying for, you know, good weather that day, or I'm praying, you know, she started kind of opening her heart to him, which is beyond incredible. Okay. Exactly one year to the fucking day and Karen to the fucking minute. No. Three 30 in the morning, a call comes in. 
Oh. Uh-huh. To the minute. Ugh. Okay. So the kidnapper calls the Jaegers. Okay, initially, so Marietta answers the phone, and initially the caller tries to fuck with her, and is like, uh, your daughter's still alive, we've been traveling the world, and uh, you're not, you'll never see her again, all this bullshit. But Marietta was unfuckwithable, and she fucking, <laughs> instead of being intimidated, she spoke to him with compassion and patience, and she told him she prayed for him every day, and that she forgave him, and he fucking burst into tears, <gasps> and starts fucking weeping. On the phone? Uh-huh. Holy shit. The call ends up being a fucking hour long and they're and they're talking. Are you fucking kidding me? I am me? not fucking kidding you. And then what is he confesses? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> this is not so. I know. Um, 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 um okay. So they get an FBI voice analyst says the caller is definitely Miss David Mirhofer for sure, but that is circumstantial evidence. It's not sufficient to obtain a probable cause search warrant yeah. of David's house. Um and then so this is the fucking this is crazy to me. And I like it makes me sad. So the uh, uh agent Mullaney says that the caller quote could be woman dominated. Meaning it could be dominated by a female somehow. So he says to Marietta Yeager, do us a favor, come back to Montana where your fucking seven-year-old daughter was fucking kidnapped and have a, have a face-to-face conversation Whoa. with David Mirhofer. She jumped on a fucking plane and I'm like, I hope they fucking played, paid for that plane ticket. Can you imagine? <laughs> There's no way she paid I for know, that. I know, but how fucking crazy would that be? <laughs> no, I know. No. I know. But still, she should have gone on like fucking Air Force One. Yeah, first well, that class. Be, that'd be a little crazy, but yeah, yes. then it'd be like a waste of taxpayers' money. Chartered plane, right? Yeah. Just first class. Something. Give her a meal on the way. Oh my god, this okay. woman! I know. So she meets David uh, Mirhofer at his lawyer's office, begs him to tell her about Susan. He fucking clamps up. He won't talk. He's unmoved. He denies it. They're in there for an hour. And finally, it's like, this isn't working. So she leaves. She goes back home to Michigan. And then David calls her again. This time he says something else like, um, like, oh, hey, my, he says, my name is Mr. Travis. I'm the one, I'm the one who did it. Like, trying to fucking trick her. Like, this, I'm the one who did it. It's not this other guy. And then Marietta goes, what's up? Like, what's up, David? And he fucking loses his shit. She's just like, hi, David. Wow. She fucking knows it. She knows. And he loses his shit. So by this time, though, the FBI is finally able to trace the call and they arrest him, trace the call to him. You know, and now they have enough evidence for a search warrant in his home. Police discover everything's fine. Everything's fine. Open the freezer. Human remains. There's packages that look like, I guess they look like um, deli packages, you know? Yeah. Like the pink paper. paper, Yeah. yeah. And labeled with the initials of who the pieces belong to. Not only do they belong to Susie, one of the packages contained a hand like an entire hand with nails identified as a woman named Sandra Smalligan. Sandra was a 19 year old woman who had disappeared in 1974. So like after Susie, her remains had been found incinerated in the woods near an abandoned ranch. And it was known and she, he had been questioned that she had uh, refused a second date 
with David Muirhofer. Fuck. But after he volunteered, but he at that time, way before all this, had volunteered to take a polygraph test and again fucking passed it. So they were like, it's probably not him. But then they find her fucking hand in the freezer and they're like, it's him. Yeah. Um, so after the search and his arrest, David Muirhofer confesses to killing both Susie and Sandra. He said that Sandra had, here's the fucking bullshit of the day. He fucking says that Sandra had died of suffocation when he had broken into her apartment. She's sleeping. He put, he was going to kidnap her and like keep her. He puts duct tape over her face, goes to pack her bag and realizes that he had accidentally put it over her nose too. And she had suffocated hmm. from the duct tape. Why, why bother lying like that? What's, I mean, come on, everybody. Cause then you don't seem like a, such a monster. To, yeah, to yourself. But everybody right. else still thinks you're a big asshole. Right. So. But he had incinerated her body. So no one could tell, you know? That's so crazy. Um, quick sidebar, weird fact. In 2005, a crew was doing some remodeling work on a garage, uh, the fucking building thing. And they tore into a wall to like change out the wall and found a wallet, identification, and a small wire bound notebook that belonged to Sandra. Okay. 30 fucking years later, which is like my, my dream come true. My dream come true. My too. dream come goddamn true. Let's rip all the walls out of this apartment. Oh, it's a new build. It doesn't matter. Let's I'm fucking do you. it. Was it on this podcast where we talked about the our low key um superpowers? No. Okay. We talked about that in person and it's one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. No, so oh someone asked us in a VIP line. Yes, they that's were like, right. Hey, hey, nice to meet you. Let's take a photo smiling. What's up? Really quickly. What's your, this is my favorite question. What's your fucking low key superpower that's like not that big of a deal? And what was yours? I don't remember, but it was something really stupid. Like, I just want to eat food. What was mine? I don't know. I don't remember. Apparently, looking through walls. <sighs> what was no, it? no. Remember, mine was when people can't remember the name of an <gasps> actor or movie. I, I'll be. I'll always be. Which able to you be the one do, anyways. I wish I did, but I don't do it fully. I don't do it as much. Yeah, as yeah. Comprehensively, but I want to change it right now. Okay. So to whoever asks us that question, I would like to officially She's change. She's in charge of the. I want it. And maybe if it's low key, then it can only be a one time thing. Okay. X ray vision. Uh huh. To see either what's buried or what's hidden in walls. Can it only be superficial things? How about that's the, that's the trick of it being low key. It's only like a can of beer that the builder placed. It's like not a clue to anything. I don't care. Okay, then fuck it. (laughs) Because when I was growing up, our friends had chicken coops on there. Like um, Petaluma, there's like just big open fields with old chicken coops Mm -hmm. that have been sitting there since the like late 1800s. Terrifying. I want to look through all of them. You can, we would walk through them and there would just be old equipment hanging and shit everywhere. It's like people just kind of left them on the property (gasps) because they used, it's like either their family used to. Or they thought they were going to come back. Chicken farmers or they bought the property and were like, ah, just leave it there. There's like it's those kind of like barns that are slightly sloping uh-huh. to one side that people take pictures that you of. You shouldn't like, go in because they're going to collapse on your stupid head. Yeah. But we were like, oh, well, this is how we fill our days. So <laughs> um, Katie Newberger, my friend and the girl who lived down on the corner, she, her parents raised llamas uh. and they also had an old house on their property, <gasps> a house. <gasps> and we used to go into it. And one time and some was of the there walls, furniture and shit in it? no, no, it was just like there was wallpaper on the walls <gasps> and um, no cup. No, it was like flat board floors. Uh. Um, but the there was a hole in one wall and I looked in it once and saw something and started pulling out bills to the chicken feed store. 
that were handwritten old bills. Oh my God. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God, look, look, look. And, and Kate, my friend Katie's like, Oh yeah, that's, those are in all the walls. This is some straight goonie shit. I know. You know what? Goonies fucking ruined it. They, they made me want to do this. The, Goonies raised the bar where it's like, I don't just want chicken feed bill store bills. Yeah. I want a large ship filled with gold doubloons. Right. Right. <laughs> Hidden in a cove. Yeah. But I want to start with the fucking attic with all the paintings in it. Yes. Yes. Listen. Okay. Look. Look and listen. I've totally Please invite us to your abandoned house <laughs> right fucking now. I, I left this part in them because I knew that this would happen because it's, it's like my so dream. And it's the best. so good. Our dream. I know it's yours too. If you've ever found something in a wall or Email floor, immediately. Please. please oh, and no lying. Okay. No lying. My favorite murder at Gmail. I did have a friend, a couple of friend, uh, who did a, who were remodeling their house on their own here in LA and found like, just like cool trinkets and stuff. Yeah. It was, it was cool. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pa-pa. They did it. Back do it. to the story. Anyways, here's more horrible things. So he had tried to kidnap her, blah, blah, blah. She died, incinerated her body. And that's for Sandra. Okay. Then David Muirhofer is like, but wait, there's more. Uh, he confesses to the unsolved killing of two local boys. Oh. March 1967, 13-year-old uh, Bernard Pullman is playing with a friend in a creek in Manhattan, Montana. So at the time, David Mierhofer is a high school senior, and Bernard, this kid's older brother, was a classmate that David had fought with. David drives by, sees the little brother, fucking pulls over, takes his fucking twenty-two out of his car, hides behind some bushes, and fucking shoots Bernard through the fucking heart Holy as he's playing. Fuck. Yeah. Um. Then in May 1968, and this is five years before Susie had been kidnapped and murdered, or had been kidnapped and murdered. This is like 10 miles from where that had happened. Um, a, a boy scout named Michael Rainey, he's 12 years old. He had, was sleeping in his tent at this boy scout retreat. And, uh, he, the, his tent mate who, who was in the fucking tent with him wakes up to find him dead. He had been struck on the head and stabbed to death while he had been sleeping. No. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. David said he had randomly killed the boys because he was pissed that he had he'd randomly killed that kid because he had been pissed that he had been fired from being involved in the Boy Scouts. Wow. I know. Wow. Which is like so problematic in your fucking thinking. Okay. I mean, obviously. Yeah. He's a murderer. All right. As for lovely little Susie Yeager, David said he had taken her to an abandoned ranch and choked her to death. Um, after he had kept her, I think, for a little while in a closet, like a week. <sighs> I know. Then he dismembered her and burned her pieces, burned her up. But of course, we don't know what happened for sure because that's This his. is just all him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So David Meerhofer, who Tetton and Mulaney believed had uh, psycho, uh, schizopathy, right? Which is a mix of psycho, of psychopathy and simple schizophrenia. That's what they think he had. This was the, ca- the case, this case was the first case solved by offender profiling. This was the first fucking case where these two dudes, not the guys from Mindhunter, but very similar. Yeah. Uh, and there actually is a book called Mindhunter and that's what the, that's what it's based on. Yep. Whatever. Okay. 
So this is the first case solved by that. They believe that his motive had been the thrill of killing for sport. So he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. So they didn't, they couldn't interview him further because that night when he fucking confessed to everything at like early morning hours, they walk him back to his cell and he fucking hangs himself with a, with a fucking towel that was in the cell with him. Yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. But wait. I'm not ending it on that because okay. I'm not a fucking asshole. Um, but, 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 do, do, do. So, so that was September 29th. He's, he's 25 years old. David Muirhofer hangs himself. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> what? Fuck you. <laughs> That's, I'm not as good as Marietta. No, I love my I, heart. Uh, we, may we all strive to be that way. And in the meantime, fuck you, dude. <laughs> all right. So back to Marietta. In the early 1990s, Marietta uh, Yeager co-founds a group called Journey of Hope uh, dots from violence to healing dots that's a colon it's a colon it's absolutely a colon I also think the word earlier is pronounced psychopathy I knew I was getting it wrong but I in when I read it I read psychopathy too you're totally right psychopathy but it's like that's the people who study it are the yeah. ones who say it that way I wasn't going to correct you and you don't I, hear it that much anymore it no. seems like an old term right mm-hmm. I, yes uh, no I'm glad you corrected me because I was like psychopathy yeah no thank you yeah Okay, so Marietta, now in her late 70s, works with family members of murder victims and lectures at universities, schools, churches, fucking around the entire country and also like went to The Hague and shit to fucking argue for certain things. I don't mean, what is The Hague? I think it's like the peace center. They're like, let's, it's like the... One of my favorite this people... This might need to be edited out. We sound real <laughs> stupid. No, no, no. I love to reference The Hague. I think it's a really funny comedy reference. And one of my favorite people on Twitter, DVS, who is a rapper in New York, uh-huh. he made a tweet today about being at The Hague, and it made me love him so much. It was so funny and random and bizarre. <laughs> but as I laughed at it, I was like, I just don't know what this actually means. How on earth is The Hague mentioned twice in one day for you? Right? That's crazy. That's why that's why I mentioned this anecdote. I think it's like the peace the peace center. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's something political for sure. It's like where you it's where you can't be a fucking asshole. It's like the Hague is like where everyone looks for peace and justice. Jesus Christ. That's not real. Steven, Steven's <laughs> laughing at us and looking at his phone. Steven, Read it, Steven. <laughs> it's the peace center. <laughs> I don't know. I can't find an actual definition <gasps> of it. It doesn't exist. It's a political um, building where they... Isn't that like where they... Oh, yeah. It's the International City of... Oh, it's a city. It's called the International City of Peace and Justice. Oh, oh my God. You were word for word right. Everyone suck <laughs> my dick right now. Elvis, am I right? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry I doubted you. It just sounded like total bullshit. <laughs> the thing is, it was total bullshit. I just must have learned about it somewhere and, think my, and my brain is a better fucking flytrap than I thought yep. it was. You like, that was like you Wikipedia memorized that and you didn't even know it. Uh huh. Nice one. Thank you. <laughs> the Hague. Oh, shit. I'm going to call my production company The Hague. So good. Do you think that's copywritten? Or do you think 100%. it's. Like, 100%. Shh. Also, you're opening a production company? <laughs> Can I get it? Oh, this? I didn't tell you. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's more for sports. That's my new thing. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Sports. Okay. Boop, boop, pop. Okay. So she's in her late seventies. She fucking is like telling everyone what she works with the survivors. So they don't end up quote, giving the offenders another victim themselves. Yeah. Because that whole thing of like this hate is going to consume you. Yeah. So she's like, here's how to forgive. It's not, you know, I'm making this part up, but it's not for them. You're not forgiving them for them. You're, you forgive them for yourself because you can't have that. hundred percent. Yeah. That's it's so true. And like, and I think it's also, Every, it's everybody's kind of overarching goal because we all right. have things we're mad about. We all have bitterness and we all think it like, it doesn't affect that other person at all. Nope. It's Unless the, you bitch slap them once a day, like it doesn't even, <laughs> but even then them. Yeah. it feels terrible. Right. And you're angry. For, I've had a know. couple dreams where there was one person I was very mad at for a long time and I had to have dreams about slapping her face. <gasps> and when I woke up, I was so relieved yeah. that I didn't actually do it because it feels terrible. Yeah. Like making yourself feel terrible in an effort in the name of vengeance. Yeah. It's no, but that's I, such, that's high level recovery yeah. fucking Buddhist shit. Yeah, don't be mad at yourself if you're not there yet. No this is some way. serious fucking I don't I mean like I that's the hardest. That's yeah. I feel like it's I mean that's yeah. That's long term goals. Yeah. Long term sure. goals. And like but, we're talking about someone who fucking made out with our boyfriend, not someone who fucking murdered our seven year old daughter. Yeah. A child. Yeah. So Listen. So it's even baby more. steps. It's even more. Just self care. Look, we're all Listen. we're all trying to walk to the Hague, right? <laughs> but there's miles to go. We got miles to go. You know the Hague. The Hague is your fucking end game. Hague's end game. Don't be mad at yourself that you're not at the Hague. No, we're still we're still here in yeah. America. We don't even know where the fucking country the Hague is in. Or what it does. Where is it? Denmark or some shit like that? I bet it is somewhere Sweden. Vague. Somewhere the vague is in, the, in a Hague place. <laughs> the Hague is in a vague place. Uh, d- Denmark. Karen. Uh, no. no. Netherlands. Sorry. <laughs> We're going. How, Denmark, okay. Denmark now is, I have to ask another embarrassing question. Isn't Denmark in the Netherlands? Yes. Aren't we going there? No. Amsterdam's the Netherlands. Aren't we going there this fucking this spring? May? Perhaps. Yeah, we're going there in May. Yeah, it's the Netherlands. The yeah. Netherlands is where Amsterdam yep, is, yep, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not. But Denmark, Denmark's its own beautiful independent country. Oh my Shit. god! Now they're so <laughs> cut pissed. that. Cut the first half of this podcast out. And, and the second <laughs> half. A fucking disaster. Cut the first and second half. Okay. <laughs> Let me finish. Yes. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Because we need to get through this. Yeah. Because I'm going to... Because I'm trying to end this on a positive note. We just keep You know what it is? It couldn't be a more positive note. And we're like <laughs> ruining it. We're okay. just giddy for some positive news. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Marietta is also an advocate against the death penalty. She says... Quote, I would not honor the goodness and sweetness my and beauty of my little girl's life by killing someone in their name. Um, and then she says she's worth she's worthy of a more honorable mem- uh, mem- memorial than a cold blooded state sanctioned killing of a defenseless person, however deserving of the death of death that person may be. Hmm. Which like agree or disagree. That's a beautiful fucking statement. And you can't argue with someone who's talking about the killer of their daughter. You're like, no, you're wrong. And here's why. No, no, no. There's no arguing that because that's a person. That's first person experience. Exactly. Yeah. So anybody else, I mean, like, look, everybody obviously grieves and processes in their own way. But that concept, it's a reframing of looking at it, which is you really are doing it 
self-righteously in the name of the person who was killed. Exactly. But then it's like she's making you rethink that, yeah. which is brilliant and really amazing. Are you ready for fucking to go to practice what you preach town? Uh, yes. Are you ready to fucking visit it and go there and stay there for a holiday? You mean the the peace place? Yeah. The, you ready the, to go to the, the Hague? Place for peace? To practice what you Hague? <laughs> so after David's suicide, Marietta reaches out to David Muirhofer the fucking killer of his daughter, her daughter, yeah. reaches out to the to David Muirhofer's mother. <gasps> yes, because she's a victim too. And in the years following his suicide, the moms together accompanied each other's to each other's children's graves. No. And she said, quote, together we we were able to grieve as mothers who had lost their children. I hoped that it would help her to know that I had forgiven him. I know. Holy fucking shit. I know. What, say her name again. Marietta. Marietta Yeager. Wow. Yeah. I think she wrote a book too, but the group is called Journey of Hope. And it's co Yeah, it's fucked up. It's crazy. I can't like, because you've seen that. You, I mean, we've all seen that on t- true crime shows where the family of the perpetrator right. is horrified and like and they are in this strange bubble of and they have this shame and humiliation guilt by association yeah and yeah. this like what could i have done to prevent this and and they often are the victims. subject of of so much hatred right but probably maybe or maybe we're victimized by the person the could perpetrator been, yeah. themselves yes God damn, that's high I level know. high level human work right there uh-huh marietta yeager Fuck. Yep. And that's that. Wow, Georgia, that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> it was very. It's, that's what happens when you have insomnia and you listen to terrible books. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's like, of course you're not sleeping. You're listening to this shit. It's so funny, though, because when I was listening to those, is it those who fight monsters? Yeah. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Something like that. Which, by the way, is a great book to fall asleep to. I fucking bring it down to, um, instead of at full speed, I bring it down to 75% speed. Oh. Good fucking night, usually. I like that narrator. Yeah. It's, he's good. He's, he sounds like an FBI agent. He sounds official and standard, but then there's also an interestingness to his mm-hmm. voice. But I, when I was reading that, because that book, it seems like that book has 95 chapters. Like when uh-huh. I was reading it, it was just in my car every time I would drive around. Yeah. And it felt like it went on forever. But every time I would be like, write this down. This could be your next murder. Because there are so many ones that were obscure or I had either hadn't heard of or knew a little bit about. Yeah. Where I was like, write this down. And I just never no. read Well, this is the reason I found this one is because I was on the last chapter and it's about Ed Kemper and it's just this like even keeled guy narrator talking about he would cut the heads off of it and I was like what are you listening to Georgia yeah so then instead of like putting something else on about like fucking space I put on chapter set I was like fuck this chapter I'll, put a different <laughs> chapter I'll go to a different chapter <laughs> yeah. of the murder this book is, where this is the subject exactly. again yeah it's just gonna be a different body it just part. won't be Ed, anything that's not Ed Kemper that's all I need <laughs> also have 
people already started up fan groups for the actor because I realized I said oh. our boy Ed Kemper but what I mean is the actor who played Ed Kemper in Mindhunter is well, our you know boy. we're following him on Instagram now oh really yeah because someone some we, we, we joked about um, how he would be he should be on uh, what's that tr- uh, pitch perfect pitch perfect and so someone uh, and someone made a fucking amazing graphic with just him photoshopped in there very like badly on purpose and it was super hilarious oh yeah that's right and so someone tagged the dude who was who plays him and was like hey look you're on this podcast and so we're following him now i don't know if i can find his name right now i probably can't we fe- we follow beyonce too so oh nice he's gotta be in there somewhere but it's pretty great that's so rad yeah it's it's pretty because he looks like a he looks like your like your big friend from high school that like always has shitty weed to hang out with you with and like video like he just looks cool and fun and then he looks like like men in his life have always tried to pressure him into playing football but then he would talk to them about like quantum physics and they leave him alone and he like really likes hanging out with girls but like not sexually assaulting them yes exactly unlike ed kemper (laughs) and then he like will post a photo on instagram of like here's me as ed kemper you gotta watch this and it's like (laughs) oh my god that's not you it's for oh steven Cameron Britton. Yay! Yay! Is he Canadian? Mm, he looks... He's got a Canadian he vibe to me. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cameron, let us know. <laughs> uh, well, that was great. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code space 80. Goodbye. So this, as I've already said several times, I drove down the five today. Honey, I bet this is going to be amazing. No, no, no. This is part of this is like the beginning. I'm sorry I called you, honey. Oh, okay. I get it. I thought you were telling about how bad it was going to be. And I'm sorry. Well, it is, but I've already made that clear. Okay. But okay, sorry. I wanted to do a story, a, something about the five. Love it. Right? Now, I've already done the i5 Killer. Yeah. Um, the guy that used to be on the football team. Um, that is, I mean, 
And then there was also an I-5 Strangler. Mm-hmm. But he was one of those ones that I didn't... Uh, it just was depressing. Yeah. And it was a lot of um, women, women's bodies lost in... Cr- Creek beds for years and years. Yeah, which I mean, I we say hate. we say these. It was just depressing. We mean it also didn't have interesting facts. It, we don't mean like they're was, all fucking depressing. They're all nothing. depressing. This one was once again a man who, for twenty to thirty yeah. years, just got away with killing whoever the fuck woman he wanted to come by. There's no Marietta at the end of that fucking story. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Except for uh, that's not true. In the I-5 Strangler, there's a there's a detective who would go and hike up in the mountains mm. because the one woman that this guy said he killed, but they couldn't find her body, he would just go hike to Aww. see if he could find something. And he finally fucking <gasps> found a quarter-size bone what? in a creek that when that had been a dry creek bed when he put his her body there, but was now a flowing creek. What the fuck? He found it and they they DNA tested it and it was her. What in the fucking fuck? I bet you I had all that on a document. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere I could have given I'm you sorry. the names. What's, but yeah. it was pretty amazing and that was one of those things where there are detectives out there who do that job because yeah. they want they not only want to help people, but they uh they want to solve people's like that. Yeah. Sadness for yeah. families. They want people, they want them to know. They want to end the sadness as yeah. much as they can. There's no closure. We know that. Yeah. But you need, but not knowing is worse. Exactly. Yeah. And he would hike, he would just hike around the area. I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, but apparently that didn't cut, that didn't cut it for me. Okay. Apparently my standards are even higher no, no. than that amazing story. No, <laughs> here's what it is. I hadn't heard this, but this is a, not only is it not an old story, uh, this is almost a borderline breaking story. Wait, what? So that when I heard it, I was like, hold on. I'd never heard anything about this. So on Wednesday, November 15th. Wait, like two weeks, two weeks ago? <laughs> a cab driver um, uh, in uh, Stockton, California. Uh-huh. He picks up a fare and he notices that the man that's in his car fits the description of the APB that the San Joaquin County Sheriff's Department had just put out for a six foot tall man with a heavy build, black hair and black eyes. Oh, no. Who was, uh, very dangerous and in the APB said, do not approach him under any circumstances. Or pick him up in your cab. Right. So this cab driver calls 911. And says, I think I just had this guy in my cab. And at 10.30 a.m., police arrest 59-year-old Randall Sato at a gas station on Highway 99. And it turns out Randall was an escapee of a Hawaiian mental hospital where he had lived, he has lived, for the past 40 years. Oh, my God. Um, he is described by the doctors and the people that committed him there as violent a violent manipulative psychopath and a murderer. So here's what he did to get into that mental hospital. In 1977, a woman named Sandra Yamashiro was walking to her car out of a mall called the uh, Ala Moana Center. Um, her Next to her car is a car parked and a man uh, sitting in that car. He shoots her in the face with a pellet gun in her car. And um, he goes over to asks if she's okay. 
She's <gasps> been shot in the face. Oh my god! And then he repeatedly stabs her. <gasps> he goes over to like see if she's okay, and sh- and then like, well says the phrase like "Are, are you, you okay? okay?" But he just went over there, yeah, 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 and then basically stabbed her multiple times, left her left her in her car. And then got back into his car where his girlfriend was sitting in the car and drove away. Was she... Okay, go on. Um, I don't know anything about the girlfriend because this is so fresh that basically all the... It's one of those things where there's the AP story that came out. There was a story that was in Time and AP. And every other article in every other newspaper was basically the same yeah. article yeah. with different, slightly different word changing. Yeah. What we call the Karen Kilgariff treatment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's tried for this murder and he is acquitted by reason of insanity. Uh-huh. So he his is, girlfriend had to know because you don't stab a person that many times and then get into a car and you don't blood all over you. She's sitting in the car next to the car where the okay. murder's taking place. And she's hanging out and having a great time. I don't. She's with like, murder unless she has seventies fucking headphones on and <clears throat> an eye mask. Like well, she's there's driving. no way. Yeah, she, she doesn't know exactly what the fuck's going. on. Oh, good point. If she's mm. driving, creepy. Well, <laughs> either way, he gets tried. He's not convicted. Instead, he's acquitted. By reason of insanity, but then he is committed okay. to the Hawaii State Psychiatric Hospital. Okay, good. Um, where he's lived for the past 40 years. Fuck. Yeah. So, here's what happened. On uh, Sunday, November 12th at 9 a.m., Randall walks off the grounds. No, he shouldn't of, be able to do that. Right? He shouldn't. And he walks to a place called Kanaoke Park, which is how I'm... Uh, thinking that they pronounce it but could be very that sounds hawaiian pronounced. as fuck to me Didn't i think it? it's right because i went okay Con- which is okay kana yeah. okay yeah can we have a free trip to hawaii please, <laughs> please now. we love you <laughs> guys um so he gets to this park he calls a cab the dispatcher there was a whole article about this dispatcher um it's a uh a female cab driver comes and picks him oh, up oh no um there's a video camera inside the cab mm-hmm. and it shows him and he now has a backpack that he didn't have at, or couldn't have had yeah. at the psychiatric hospital. And he, in the video, he's looking through the backpack oh, like no. he's never seen it before. So he's like so rifling he through it to see backpack. what's in it. Oh my God. No, no, no. Um, he pays the cab driver in cash and he gets dropped off at, at the airport where he has chartered, already chartered a plane cost him 1500 bucks what if you charter a plane that's essentially a private plane and oh, you don't so have you to, don't have to check your that's right what the fuck if you pay a guy 1500 bucks and you're like can you fly me to maui they're like okay they don't they don't make you do anything that's extra not enough money to not have that shit checked right but but it is it is hawaii where it's all islands and that's kind of a, right. a major mode of transportation right 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 right, right. Okay. um all as right. i learned from the with film this. hard ticket to hawaii please watch it if you've never seen it <laughs> i haven't um okay so uh, then, so he gets, he gets to Maui, then he, with a fake ID that was in there, you know, uh, postulating was in the backpack. So basically, somebody put that backpack together for him. Who, his, I bet it was his cousin. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna say cousin. <laughs> fucking cousins, man. They're always fuck. They're always fucking helping you too There's, much. They're always aiding and they're always abetting. Always aiding and abetting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he gets onto an, a Hawaiian air flight uh-huh. to San Jose. No, 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 no. Imagine the difference between you live in Hawaii and you fuck. You're like, I gotta get to San Jose. Imagine who sat next to him, right, on the plane. Um, I want to know what he drank. I want to know what sandwich he ordered. And they were out of that sandwich. So he had to get a fucking wrap. I'll tell you what. He has a backpack full of cash, seemingly. Uh Uh-huh. Because he bought... But they don't take cash on planes anymore. Good point. I'm sorry. He got zero drinks on that plane. Yeah. He got zero sandwiches on that plane. Right. Unless it was a JetBlue where you go up to that awesome little refrigerator. Mm -hmm. I have never... George and I took a flight and there was a JetBlue set up now where instead of them bringing around a weird wicker basket of like do you want a pretzel and like, or not pick it now pick it where don't I'm pick like, more than one don't put this on me i always say no out of like yeah. pride i always pick wrong and i get bummed about it i'm always like i'm above pretzels and yeah. cookies i actually hate pretzels but i would have <laughs> loved those fucking yam chips or whatever the fuck i want to i don't want a basket shoved at me Mm-mm. like it's the offering plate in church i want to sit with my decision and be like what do i want and i'm gonna look. grab each and then eat a little of each <laughs> like a fucking i want to dig through it like a large raccoon i want to see what i want all of them i want to touch each bag even though they're the same brand and the same item yeah well, he didn't get that opportunity. He didn't get shit unless it was a JetBlue. Right. No, it wasn't. It was Hawaiian Air. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, we knew that. We knew that. We knew that going in. I just wanted to talk about a mid-plane refrigerator yeah. and snack cupboard. Yeah. That was purely based on, do you have the guts to walk up here and grab food? And then it was just all the bravest people on the plane. That, that makes me sad. Why? Because you have to be brave to go up and get a snack. Well, I mean, that's just societal pressure where it's like you walk up there, but everyone's going to watch you like who for me. Fuck you. I'm going to point at everyone next time. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm going to go through the plane. Here's what I did. I waited and waited and waited. Then I waited till I had to go to the bathroom. Because the bathroom was right across yeah. from this area. Yeah. Then as I came out of the bathroom, I pretended I'd never seen the cupboard oh. before. And then I went, well, I guess I will have a beverage. While I'm up. I mean. This makes me think you have shame issues around eating and drinking. Do you think? Because <laughs> I fucking. This makes you think and not me telling you over and over <laughs> that I have a severe issue. Oh, I don't issues. listen <laughs> when you say those things. I'm like, yeah, Karen, we all have issues. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Great. What do you want to order? <laughs> And well, I guess this is probably why when we do order, I'm like, let's get to this and this and this. Cause then you'll just say yes instead of yes. saying, I don't want that. No, or I'm not ordering it. I also, my, my favorite new thing is yes, let's get four things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This is just a sidebar. <laughs> this this is this poor guy. This has become about us. I know. Poor Fuck guy. This guy. Fuck this asshole. Fuck this. Okay. Fuck him. Okay. What? We went to, there was a new restaurant that opened in Petaluma while I was home for Thanksgiving. Love and it. Adrian and I, made plans for lunch. Then my dad was like, Hey, want to go to lunch? And I was like, Adrian, can we collapse these plans together? I mean, I'm under a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, totally. Let's party with Jim. Is he the coolest? I want to hang out with him so bad. My dad. Yeah. He's the greatest man. Is he coming to our LA show? I think we could get him to let's let's put him up at like a really nice hotel. Like let's spoil Jim. <laughs> I want Vince and him to talk about wrestling. He would, him and Vince should go on their own separate vacation. Okay. They would be best friends immediately. Do you know that my dad got mad? We went to this place and they didn't have Budweiser and he wanted to leave. Oh, Vince is like that too. Yeah. 
It was that thing where he goes, I go, Dad, they have log, they have all Loganitas on top because Loganitas is in Petaluma. That's uh, fucking, oh, it is. That's bullshit. I don't want that. Who doesn't have fucking Budweiser? (laughs) Seriously. No, Vince gets pissed if they don't have like certain things. Lunch started with, with a slight anger. Oh, it was for, oh, your dad and I are going to get along. (laughs) Lunch drinking? Sign me the fuck up. Honey, when you walk into, you guys have to come up. When you walk in, to Jim's house, the first thing he says to you, hey, you want a cold one? Can he make me, I know that he used to drink Manhattans with oh, your yes. mom. Yep. Can he make me a Manhattan? He would love to make oh you a Manhattan. God. It would be his favorite thing. Park. And he would also laugh like, you're going to have a Manhattan? <laughs> he would think it was the most refreshing thing in the world. Okay. Um, yeah, they party. He parties. <laughs> they. Well, it kind of all my family. I was yeah. thinking of because his at his birthday party, we went out we all went out to dinner and Carol Painter, who was sitting next to me, his friend, his friend Woody, who's mm-hmm. also a fireman. They uh, that's Mark um Manhattans are like the first thing they order at a restaurant. Oh yeah. I love it. They're good times, good time people. So from Maui, he goes to San Jose. Uh-huh. He arrives in California 530 Hawaiian time. Two hours later, the hospital alerts the authorities that he's Wait. missing, which is eight hours after he walked he's off fucking the hospital in grounds. He's a different fucking part of the planet. He is. And they're like, oh, hey. Um, look, we just you? did a quick bed check. <laughs> we did an evening bed check and Randall you know, wasn't around. We did our once a day bed check. This and... is a hospital with 300 patients they're at capacity and the sad part is or whatever part they're now under all and all under investigation and like over 60 employees are on unpaid leave Uh-oh. until they figure out how this happened i just hope they figure it out quickly so that they're not yes. just punishing a bunch of random 50, people 59 of those people deserve their job back and hey you work in a psychiatric hospital you better get paid every minute of yeah. the time you're there uh-huh. that's a hard job uh-huh. basically then the apb goes out at 8 30 so th- this is like you know a lot of time has passed uh-huh. since randall has just chill super chill style walked off that's the psychiatric grounds a problem so somebody called in a tip line and let the authorities know in Hawaii that Randall had a brother that lived in Stockton, California. And that's how they knew to alert <gasps> the San Joaquin Sheriff's Department. Ugh. Hey, you put out the same APB, make sure. And that's how that news all got distributed correctly. Can you, quick sidebar. Yep. Quick fill time. <laughs> Can you imagine being that brother? Ugh. Being in Stockton with your family and friends. You haven't seen your fucking brother in 40 years. Your Knock. crazy butter brother that murdered someone. Yeah. Knock on the goddamn door. Yeah. Look through the people. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay, go on. F- Hawaii Five, uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry. That was No, that necessary. was the best thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> fucking life. That was gorgeous. I salute you. <laughs> okay, so... Altogether, they, Randall had been on the run for four days. Okay. That whole span of time. Um... But he had been trying to leave that psychiatric hospital for a while. So in 1993, uh, he put in a request for a conditional release saying that he uh, and and the court said, no fucking way. You are a sexual sadist and a necrophile. Oh, so you have to stay in the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, Deputy Pr- Prosecutor Jeff Albert said Randall Sato is very disturbed, mentally ill individual who is very dangerous with respect to whom all the uh, predicators indicate that if he were to be released, he would kill again. Oh dear. Then in 2000, his, he gets his defense attorneys to once again argue for his release. Um, 
And again, that same uh, prosecutor, Jeff Albert, says he fills the criteria of a classic serial killer. Mm -hmm. Basically, he's not getting out. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of people that worked there and uh, the people that the doctors that, um, you know, analyzed him or whatever the word is, said he was also very personable and had very good social skills because he's a psychopath. Yeah. He's a master manipulator. Don't use that as a yeah, but. It's like, yeah, and. <laughs> right. It is. I think for them it is a yeah, and, but I was using it as a segue. Okay. So I was trying to make it, I was trying to turn it that basically since he's been in this mental hospital, he has had six significant relationships. Three have been with staff members of this hospital. What? Yeah. And to the point where then a hospital administrator found out that Randall had been being escorted home for weekend conjugal visits for two full years with nobody on that like high with level. With like a nurse knowing. or whatever? Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, he like had two a- wives out, outside of the hospital that he would, he basically tricked people into letting him go home and like fuck his wife. Um, t- two different wives. And oh no. They... Ended up blocking the visits um, for all patients. Two years later. <laughs> exactly. Nobody. Now he's like, you know what? Now nobody can leave the <gasps> facility. Now nobody gets to. That's not fair. Have conjugal visits here or off. But if you think about it, if you've been committed to a mental hospital because you fucking stabbed and shot a woman. For him, yeah. But the, everyone else is like, all I did was go crazy one night and like break stuff. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, yeah, that's case by case. Yeah. But in general, they're basically saying when you are dealing with like people yeah. like this, th- this can't even be an option on the table. No. Because you're going to end be up. Jail with treatment. Exactly. But he has been there for a long time, so he's like, uh, you know, the mind is going. The mind of a psychopath is going always. Uh-huh. So, um, and actually, those dalliances were impetus for a rule change in 2003. The state attorney general's office decided mental patients committed to Hawaii State Hospital have no legal right to conjugal visits. So that actually went to the state level wow. because of him. Yeah. Because it was that bad. And he okay. got so horny, he broke out. <laughs> He's like, someone get me a pack, pa- backpack. I got to get to San Jose. I got to fuck. So um, in 2015, Honolulu prosecuted. Prosecutor Wayne Tashima argued against him receiving passes to leaving the hospital grounds without an escort. So again, he was asking, he's like, guys, real quick, it's just me. <laughs> I know you've said no before. It's just me, the murderer. Can I just take a walk around the real grounds? Quick. And in this, these articles, they're also interviewing the neighbors that live near this hospital where they're like, yeah, we didn't know they were allowed to leave. We didn't know any of this was happening. It's super oh crazy. Oh, my God. So, anyway, um, uh, the judge. So, you know how he was acquitted on account of mental insanity? The circuit court judge uh, who na- who deemed him mentally unfit to stand trial and committed him to the hospital um, uh, is a controversial figure. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that because... After he shot her and then went to check on her and asked if she was okay, that to him meant he was um, insane. And so he was not, uh, he could not stand trial. Oh, that was all it was based on. The whole thing was based on simply that. And this is what he said. If you look at the evidence that was presented, she did not move. 
She was bleeding profusely. Her face was down. Uh, she did not move or answer him at that point. And for him to think that she would identify him and therefore he had to kill her, that becomes irrational also in my mind. Uh, the same year that he had that ruling, he um, overturned a jury verdict that no. found high-profile Honolulu crime boss Charlie Stevens guilty of a double murder. Stevens admitted to the murder. And the jury was like, yep, you the did it. The jury was like, he's guilty. This guy comes in and is like, overturned. Don't ever do that. He's going to walk away. Judges. Um, he said there wasn't enough evidence. There wasn't enough evidence and the, the guilty party confessed. Yeah. Um, uh -uh. so anyway, they basically, after that happened, protests happened at the state capitol and everyone was calling for his, um, firing, mm -hmm. uh, and an investigation because clearly yeah. there's something going on. Are you on the take? Or All the, the cases. Yeah. Yeah. But especially with things like that, where he's basically kind of, and I mean, obviously this is super technical, but, but the idea that a judge is like, I've decided you're too crazy to go to jail. You can, you can go over here, but you don't have to go to jail yeah. for, for this murder because I've just, I think that seems crazy. Yeah. Because this one thing you did in my mind and like, you're not a fucking crazy person. So you're judging this based on your own fucking, you know. Just like your taste. Yeah. Of how it, like, like, that seems crazy That's to me. That's crazy. That's crazy. Don't go to jail. Um, okay. Oh, also, uh, on October 6, 1981, that same judge was arrested for drunk driving and he was found later at his family's, um, Mokulea beach house with multiple injuries, including a, a broken collarbone. He said that he passed out as he was beaten. Um, but the investigators think that he tried to hang himself. Oh my God. So that's my super sloppy, but kind of amazing, still breaking story. That's amazing. Where every article I read had a little more information. So he's in custody now. Yes. In they, they've extradited him back to okay. Hawaii. He didn't kill anyone while he was out there. Nope. He, did he go to his brother's house? Did they have Thanksgiving he didn't dinner? Make it. He didn't make it. Okay. He didn't get any of so that. He, okay. He basically took um, two plane rides, well, three on the way back, and a couple cab rides. And we don't know who gave him the backpack yet. That's the thing. Is it his girlfriend in the hospital? Is it the girlfriend that he was visiting on his day pass? It's her. Outside of the hospital? Sorry, honey. It's you. But there's could be somebody on the inside, because that's... Who won... But how do you leave a thing with you on the inside? Oh, you mean like one of the... She's like, Stop. I'll leave it by this awesome coconut tree as you walk out of the front gate. Oh, so it could have been on the grounds. Because also, how does he just walk off the grounds? Like, just just walk off? Yeah, you'd hope it'd be more secure than that. And go to the park. If he's if he is a criminal where the, the right. deputy district attorney is like, this man is has all the makings of a serial killer. Yeah, but like, think of, you're like, I've watched this dude for 40 fucking years. He's never tried to escape. It's like, you don't need to worry if he wants to go look at the fucking grass yeah, that's, on the whatever the fuck. And he's a psychopath. So he's going to be able to tell you exactly what you want to hear to make yeah. you trust him. Yeah. And get and maybe get you a get him a backpack filled with cash and fake IDs, right? Because he had to have a fake ID to get onto that Hawaiian yeah. air flight. So somebody was doing somebody was breaking the law for him, actually. Yeah. Oh, that motherfucker's going to jail. But then he, the thing that kind of drives me crazy, I really wanted to know more about that murder because also it's so 
insane and extreme, it seems like other there's because there's not the thing about that is, is there's nothing sexually sadist about that murder from what you've told me. No. Or necrophilia. Right. So there's there's more shit going on. It's it's like they have taken this story and they it kept saying police records, hospital records and then interview things. So it's like this story is kind of like piecing itself yeah, together. Like as, there's way as it goes. There's way more going on. There's way more. And I wonder like when I was um when I was googling cuz I really was just trying to to look up Sandra uh yeah, Samuel, Sandra Yamashiro's murder in 1977. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can only find it within these articles about yeah. him or and, they're like the original the uh, the original news report that someone made. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to do that. Quotes around the name, all those search mm. things that you try to do. And it, it nothing came up about her specifically, mm. which drives me crazy. But I guess also because it's so long ago yeah. that maybe those like that yeah. microfiche has been thrown away. But anyway, hopefully more stuff will come out about that because it seems like that guy's done way more stuff. Yeah. And obviously he's been prosecuted for that's fucking awesome i can't wait to hear more yeah that was great thanks georgia yeah karen i mean look look at your mauve nail polish (laughs) you know what's insane what we laura can attest to this we could call her right now i bought this nail polish last night Mm -hmm. and i go isn't this the best color and she goes that's the color mom used to wear oh my god i swear to god oh i swear to god mauve it is. It's like a brownish mauve. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. It's very 1982. Um. Uh, well. Goodbye. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then one thing that makes you happy. You do it first. I've been talking for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um. I had a couple, but I think very simply, my favorite thing is that you have found gifts. Oh, gifs. Yeah. Say, say gifs. It's, it's too gifs. late for gifs. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think anyone knew what I was talking about. Um, gifts. Yeah, like, I thought you meant gifts. No, gifts. Gifts. I love gifts so much. Yeah, and I and I, you didn't do them until like the past two months, I think. You know why? Why? I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand that you had to get the app. Oh yeah, Giphy, G I P H Y. Yeah, you just get that, and it's already on your text thing. It's, it's now waiting it. for you. Yeah. Nothing. There's no better response than a response in GIF. Yes. It's just perfect. It's very Anything specific. you fucking need. Any fucking thing you like, any fucking face you're trying to make. Yep. It's so stupid and funny in gift form. And I, you, the fact that you now like do it to me makes me so happy because <laughs> it's like, it's really funny. Cause you did it to me forever and yeah. it would make me laugh so hard. And I wanted to do it back, but I would be trying to do it. I would be going on to like Google and then look, putting the word gif into the fucking yeah. search bar. Like yeah. the old woman that I am, <laughs> it was making me insane. Steven, did I ask you about it? Is that how I ended up getting that app? No, I think you found it on your own. Did I do it on my own? Oh my God, who's well, a big girl? Well, that's my favorite thing for this week who's, is that I did it on my own. Who's a big girl? No, you know what my favorite thing is? And this could be, I'll go even simpler than your gifts. Because the one I sent to you tonight oh, yeah. is stolen from Steven. Yeah. 
It's my favorite gif of all time, mm-hmm. and it applies to any situation. It's Kim it Kardashian perfect. peeking around a bush. Yes. And it is so fucking funny. And the first time Steven sent it to me, I, of course, sent Steven some text that was like, no, Steven, go fuck yourself, or some some obnoxiously jokey mean thing. And then the response was, Kim Kardashian peeking around a bush. <laughs> and and what do you put in to so look for hilarious. that? Kim Kardashian bush? Oh, God, no. no. Don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> I, think don't. I, I think it's sneaky or sneaky. Oh. Like, I think I want to see that episode where it's from. Yeah, I don't care. I think I've seen that episode because they made Chloe go on a date and then they all watched her from oh behind a bush. Oh my God. She was on like a weird, uncomfortable blind date and she didn't want to go and, and Chloe and Kim. Uh, no, sorry. Wait. Kim and... Courtney Katrina (laughs) Kim and Maureen my favorite one um right made her do it and then spied on her and laughed at her where it's like that's one of the first episodes I ever saw where I was like but you made her do it so this isn't like you're not like it's only funny if she wanted to do it if it was her idea but you it was your idea so you can't make fun of her so we hate the Kardashians and what they stand for but we (laughs) love the gifts they make here's the thing the gifts are their gift Whatever the Kardashians thing is, you you can't deny it and you can't fight it. Because sure. one time I went and laid down on my couch and turned on E accidentally. Nothing I would do intentionally. And there was a Kardashian marathon on and I watched every fucking episode for like hours and hours. It's amen. I watched every episode of fucking Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson yes. show. Oh, that thing was and brilliant. And I loved it though. so much. But that was brilliantly. Was. I know that some of the people that worked on that, they were like comics. What about Ashley Simpson's show? That was amazing. I'm not interested in Ashley Simpson. Well, what about fucking six years ago? Were you? <laughs> yes. Yes. When she was married to Pete Wentz? No, it was but way before that. It was like when she was like, I'm this famous person's little sister and I'm going to do it on my own. You and know, she's, she's like, like eyeliner, 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 eyeliner. Oh my God, I'm fake punk. Yeah. That was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, the uh, original Jessica Simpson is like, uh-huh. was some fucking gorgeous television. Uh-huh. Huh. So good, bad. Honey. Guys. Look and listen. We've done it again. And fucking look. You know, if you've ever tuned in to us because you were trying to waste time or just distract yourself. I feel like this is the episode for you. Congratulations. I hope we took you to a different planet. Listen, this was absolute madness. All hail Marietta Yeager. <laughs> yes. And fucking live your life. Do your shit. Get, try, just, just, just we're all, just, just Marietta, try to do it Marietta style. Like, don't do what we do. Fuck we're no. fucking monsters. Jesus. Christ. No, no one's trying to do what we do. <laughs> Um, and stay sexy and don't get murdered, please. Bye. Bye. Elvis on Dottie. Hi. Oh, that was cute.